The Word of God is living. It is powerful, infallible, indestructible, incorruptible, and it will work mightily in me. And now, your host, Pastor Jerry Maya Williams, from the service already in progress. Amen, you made a way. Amen, the Lord made a way for us when our backs were against the wall. And I'm so grateful today for God's goodness because he always make a way where there is no way. He always turn our night into day. And if you should fall, the Lord will pick you up and he'll turn you around. He always makes a way. You know, I'm, I'm so reminded right now how God made a way for us to come to you with this worship service. We had some limitations here, some inherent limitations, but God made a way for us to bring this worship service to you today. And not only did he make a way, he blessed us along the way. You know, Janelle had reported to me the analytics of this worship service coming to you here on YouTube. And in July alone, there was over 649 viewers of this worship service. And so we thank God that more people are worshiping with us online than was worshiping with us here at the church. Don't you tell me God won't make a way. Amen. God is good. And he's good all the time. Glory to God. Amen. This morning, I want to get right into the word of the Lord. And um, I, I want to get in, get in the habit of trying to preach no more than about 30 minutes. Because when we do reopen the church for worship, uh, our services, at least the length of our services, will be limited to about an hour and 15 minutes. And I think if I can get 30 minutes of that 75 minutes, uh, that, would be, that would be really good for me. And so this morning, I'm going to ask you to open your Bibles, those of you at home and those of you here in the sanctuary, open your Bibles to Genesis, Genesis chapter 3. And I'm going to begin reading to you from verse 6. Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of his fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Please notice what the woman did. She looked, she took, she ate, and she gave. Let me say it again. She looked and she took. She ate and she gave to her husband with her. Verse 7. Then the eyes of both of them were open. And they knew that they were naked. They knew their shame. They knew they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. Here we see a classic example of how man will try to appease his own guilt 
by doing works. But it's not the works of your righteousness that God accepts. Your works and your righteousness are as filthy rags. So they made themselves coverings. Verse 8 says, And then they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord, the Lord God among the trees of the garden. You know, like this, how God desires the fellowship with his creation. Why did God walk in the garden in the cool of the day? Why did they hear the sound of the Lord coming to them in the, in the garden in the cool of the day? Because God often had visited them. God often had fellowship with Adam and Eve. That same God that desires to fellowship with you and I. And why did he come in the cool of the day? Because had he come in the heat of the day, then he would have came with wrath. He would have came with judgment. But he came in the cool of the day because he came in love, mercy, and grace. Somebody ought to say amen. But he came in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. How silly could they have been? It is impossible to hide from God. According to Psalms 139 verse 7, we cannot flee from God. We cannot go from his presence. We cannot flee from his spirit. God is omniscient. He is all-knowing. He's all-seeing. How silly sin makes us. Sin makes us think. We can cover our sins. We can hide from God. Not so, beloved. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? Now, why did God call to Adam? He called to Adam because he gave Adam the commandment. He gave the man the commandment. He says, Adam, where are you? Now, this is not a question of geographical location or physical location. This was a question of Adam's spiritual condition. God is saying, where are you? And that's a good question we ought to put to ourselves this morning. Where are you in your relationship with God? Where are you spiritually speaking? Where are you? Adam said in verse 10, so he said, I heard your voice in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked. In other words, I was afraid because I was embarrassed. And I hid myself. Please notice, even when you fall in sin, you can hear, still hear the voice of the Lord. Please notice when you fall in sin that God seeks out for you. Some people have said, well, sin separates you from God. Well, this is not what the Bible shows here. The Bible doesn't show that sin separates you from God, but it does show that the consequences of sin, it is that which separates us from the presence of God. It's the guilt, the shame, the embarrassment. It's all of those things that cause us to be alienated from God. But even when you're trying to separate yourself from God, God is still trying to reconnect with you. Now, verse 21, I'm getting there. Verse 21 says, Also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them. The Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them. 
And what I want to talk to you about for just a few minutes is God's priority. God's priority. You know, it was always God's intent for man to live in paradise. Adam and Eve lived in paradise, in an Edenic state, if you will. Eden was a paradise. And the only thing God told Adam he had to do was tend the garden and keep it. In other words, cultivate it and guard it. Why would God tell him to keep it? Why would God tell him to guard it? Because the serpent is already in the garden. So he says, Adam, all I want you to do is cultivate this garden and, and guard it. Then he said to Adam, Genesis chapter 2, verse 17, of every tree of the garden, you may freely eat all this paradise is yours, Adam, but the tree that's in the middle of the garden, you shall not eat of it. For on the day you do, you shall surely die. And now we see that it was he, the woman, who was beguiled, deceived by the serpent, but it was the man who deliberately disobeyed the commandment of God. But what did God do after that? He didn't give up on his creation. And that same God won't give up on you. He won't give up on me. But God began to show his priority. His priority was restoration, not retribution. His priority was to bring some type of salvation to Adam and Eve. His priority was to cover their sin. You know, many people are so confused, so disorganized, where they're not able to decide what is more important and what needs attention first in their life, but not God. Listen to me. Ever since Adam and Eve fell in the garden, God's priority has been to actively seek out those that have fallen in sin those that have been separated from him by the consequences of sin. And his, his priority is, is to save lost sinners. Let me say that again. God's priority is not to heal the sick. His priority is not to cast out devils. His priority is to save lost sinners. So we see here in Genesis chapter 3 that God's priority for Adam and Eve was to clothe their sinful nakedness with the skins of animals. Now the blood of animals was shed. You can't clothe them with the skins of animals unless the blood of the animals are shed. Here the blood of the animals was shed in the garden to picture how the Lord Jesus Christ, as the Lamb of God, should come and shed his blood for us on Calvary's cross. Glory to God. How he might come to die for us for sin, that we might be clothed with God's righteousness, that we might be called the righteousness of God in Christ. You know, Revelation tells us, the book of Revelation tells us, Revelation 13, verse 8, it tells us there was a lamb slain from the foundation of the world. I believe that lamb was Jesus Christ slain in the mind of God in eternity. Then the writer of Hebrews tells us in Hebrews chapter 9 verse 22, the, the writer of Hebrews says, according to the law, almost all things are purged by blood. 
But without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. There is no forgiveness of sin unless blood is shed. And God made that his priority when Adam and Eve fell in the garden. He made his priority that blood would cover their sin. Glory to God. What is the priority? Many of us don't understand the importance of priorities. If we understood the importance of priorities, keeping our lives in priorities, our lives would be more organized. Our lives would be more peaceful. Our lives would be more satisfying. What is a priority? A priority is nothing more than putting first things first in the order of things. Every one of us have an order of things in our lives. But the question is, are you putting first things first? In other words, the most important thing first. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, it tells us how important it is to live our lives according to our God-given priorities. There Jesus preached in the Sermon on the Mount, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Why would God tell us to put himself and his kingdom first? God wants you to put himself first and his kingdom first because that's his priority towards you. He puts us first. His, his priority is to bring us salvation. His priority is to bring us righteousness. His priority is to save us from sin and from shame. Can you say amen? Glory to God. God's priority has always been to send Jesus and the gospel to fallen man. And because of Adam's sin, death came alone. And because of his sin, we now all die. But God's priority was to bring us Jesus, the Lamb of God. To bring us the blood that would cover our sins. His priority was to give us the gospel. Glory to God. Galatians tells us in Galatians 4, Verse 4 says, and when the fullness of time come, when the fullness of time had come, God had a priority. And that priority was, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son. He sent forth his son on time, right on time, born of a woman, born under the law, that he might redeem those of us that were living under that law of sin and death, that we might be that we might be made adopted sons of God. But that was God's priority. And when the fullness of time came, he did what was needful and necessary. He put first things first. And then John the Baptist, he understood God's priority. When John the Baptist was out baptizing beyond the Jordan, according to John chapter 1, the Gospel of John chapter 1, verse 29, the Bible says the next day, the next day, John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him. He looked at Jesus and said, Behold the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. John knew this was God's priority. Jesus hadn't preached one message. He hasn't healed one person. He hadn't cast out one devil. He hadn't raised anybody from the dead. Yet John said, This is God's priority. That this Jesus he is the Lamb of God who take away the sin of the world. 
And I, what I like about what John said, he didn't say Jesus takes away the sins of the world. No, he didn't say that. He, take, he, he taketh away the sin, the S-I-N, that, that, that corrupt nature, that capacity within man to disobey God, to, to sin, to transgress against God. This is what the Lord do. He doesn't put a Band-Aid on our lives, but he operates in our lives. He cuts out that sin nature, glory to God, and he places within us his righteousness because he is the Lamb of God. And because of the shedding of his blood, now you and I have remission of sin. We have forgiveness before God because that's God's priority. Glory to God. Then John the apostle, he recorded the words of Jesus in the gospel of John chapter three, where Jesus says for God, soul of the world. My God, he didn't just love the world. He so loved the world. Why? The world was a priority to God. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 18 says, verse 17 says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. No, condemnation and judgment was not a priority. Salvation was the priority. He sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That was God's priority. And you know what, beloved? That ought to be our priority. We need to stop condemning folk. We need to stop judging folks. That's not the priority. The priority is their salvation. It was God's priority from the very beginning with Adam and Eve, and it ought to be our priority. We need to be concerned about the, the souls of those that are living in sin. The lost souls need to be a priority for us. And let's not condemn them. Let's not judge them. Let's just love them and offer them the salvation of Almighty God. We need to understand the gospel message. The gospel message is not a message of condemnation. The gospel message is not even a message of condescension. The gospel is a message of good news about God's priority, about how much God loves us. Paul told the Roman Christians, I am not ashamed. Romans 1.16, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. Did you hear that? The priority was salvation. God gave Jesus the gospel to preach to those he came to, that he might save them. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes, first to the Jew and to the Greek, in other words, the Gentile. Why was the Jew God's priority? The Jew was God's chosen people. Israel was God's chosen nation. He chose Israel to be to be the carriers of the gospel. He chose Israel to first be priests, a kingdom of priests unto him. But Jesus came unto his own, and his own received him not. They rejected him. They rejected Jesus. And even when he sent his apostles and his disciples out, according to the gospels, to preach the gospel, he says, only go to the lost house of the lost souls of the house of Israel. Only go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Why? Because that was God's priority. First to the Jew. But because the Jew rejected him, then his priority became the Gentile. Thank you, Jesus. 
His priority became the Gentile. And we ought not to be ashamed of this message. We ought not to be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto righteousness for everyone to believe. First to the Jew, that was a priority. Now the priority is, and then to the Gentile. Glory to God. Glory to God. First things first. This is what God showed us in the garden as he related to Adam and Eve. When he related to them in the fallen state, he showed that salvation was first things first. In the gospel of Luke, Jesus also demonstrated God's priorities, that God's priority was salvation. In the gospel of Luke, you find where Jesus entered and he passed through Jericho. I, I need you to hear this. And there was a man there named Zacchaeus. Jack, Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector. And he was very rich. Hmm? And Zacchaeus sought to see Jesus. But he could not be cause of the crowd. Because Zacchaeus was a man of short statute. So Zacchaeus ran and he climbed a sycamore tree to see Jesus because he knew that Jesus was going to pass that way. And I'm telling you, Jesus is going to pass your way. He's going to pass my way. He's going to pass every sinner's way. Glory to God. And so Jesus came to the place and he looked up and he saw Zacchaeus. And he said to Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. What was Jesus saying? Today, my priority is your salvation. Even though you're a chief tax collector, even though you're a chief sinner, my priority is salvation has to come to your house this day. So he made haste and came down, and he received Jesus into his house. And then when the Jews saw that Jesus went into sinful man's house, glory to God. You see, a lot of folk don't want to hang around sinners all for the wrong reasons. We, we need to understand God's priority. And we need to make God's priority our priority. So when the religious folks saw that Jesus went into the house of this man who was a chief sinner, they complained against Jesus. And, and Zacchaeus began to say to Jesus, Lord, look, I give half of my goods to the poor. And if I've taken anything for anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. What do you mean if? These are the words of guilt speaking. When people are guilty in sin, they always use the word if. We need to understand what guilt is. Adam and Eve experienced guilt. They experience guilt, shame, and embarrassment. Guilt is nothing more than an internal signal. It's an internal signal to alarm us that we've done something wrong. When we do something wrong, the alarm goes off. It's called guilt. And here this man knew he was lost. Here this man knew he was a sinner. Here this man knew he had oppressed people. Then he's going to say to the Lord, Lord, if I've done anything wrong by false accusation, then I want to restore it fourfold. If was the word of a guilty person. How's of that? When we ask people 
supposedly ask people to forgive us. We'll say, if I offended you. What do you mean if you offended him? Why can't you say, please forgive me and keep it moving? We say, if you offended me, because, because we still are entertaining guilt feelings about our conduct. And we need to get beyond if and humble ourselves and understand God's priority. God's priority is the salvation of his people. So Jesus said to Zacchaeus, he said to Zacchaeus, he said, today salvation has come to your house. This is God's priority. Salvation has come to your house. Why has this salvation come to Zacchaeus' house? Jesus said, because he is also a son of Abraham. In other words, he was God's priority, not just because he was a Jew, but he was God's priority because he was a lost sinner. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. So Jesus put first things first. We ought to put first things first. God's priority is salvation. Then salvation ought to be our priority. Glory to God. Now in closing, God's priority is always about saving all. But all will not be saved. Let me say it again. God's priority is always about saving all. But all will not be saved. This is what Peter said in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, that God is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but he is long-suffering toward us. He is long-suffering toward us and willing that no man perish, but all would come to repentance. When Adam and Eve sinned and God came walking in the garden in the cool of the day, I don't believe that God was coming to Adam and Eve after a day, after a week, or after a month. I believe that when they sinned, God made that a priority, and he came to them immediately. They had sold fig leaves together. They had sold fig, you know, fig leaves together as a work of righteousness. Those fig leaves are nothing more than filthy rags. God stripped them of the fig leaves and he covered them with the skins of an animal after a blood sacrifice. That's what God did for Adam and Eve. And he made it a priority. He didn't let them wallow in their shame, wallow in their guilt. He didn't let them stew in their anguish and remorse. He came immediately to seek out his creation. Why? That was his priority. And that ought to be our priority. Show the love of God. Share the message of salvation with those that are unsaved. Let's not judge them. Let's just share with them the good news. Let's just bear witness to the truth and keep loving them. Because God's priority is for all to be saved, but all will not be saved. God is not slack. That's what Peter said. God is not slack concerning his promise. But he's long-suffering toward us. He's not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness. It's not only slackness, it's slowfulness. But God is long-suffering toward us. He will bear with us long. Stop giving up on folk. God doesn't give up on him and you ought not to give on him. He is long-suffering toward us. He didn't give up on us and we ought not to give up on others. That's his priorities. He's long-suffering toward us and he's willing that no man perish. But all will come to repentance. But there'll still be some 
who won't accept the, the message. They'll still reject the gift, the gift of salvation. But let, let's not get confused about it. It's still God's priority to bring to them salvation. Join us Sunday at Agape Word Fellowship, where Dr. Jerry Maya Williams is your pastor, proclaiming a life-changing message of the agape love and power that God is. For more information, log on now at www.agapeword.net, 1430 South New Hope Road, Agape Word Fellowship.